0: Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com slash give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered, and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start, and after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service.
1: Hey church, will not you join us in worship today? nowhere we can hide from your love you are steadfast never failing you're faithful all creation isn't all who you are you're the healer of the sick and the broken you are comfort for every heart that mourns our king and our savior forever for eternity we will sing of all you've done for eternity we will sing of all you've done we sing There is life, there is healing. again Like a hurricane, I am a tree Bending beneath, rid of His wind and mercy When all of a sudden I was unaware Of these afflictions eclipsed by glory I realized just how beautiful you are How great your affections are for me And oh How he loves us so Oh how he loves us How he loves us so And he's jealous like a hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath, weight of His wind and mercy. When all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions, eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are in how great your affections are for me! And oh, how He loves us so. Oh. And he is our prize Drawn to redemption By the grace in His eyes The grace is an ocean where We're all sinking So heaven meets earth Like a loving embrace And my heart turns violently Inside of my chest I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way He loves us.
2: Could you use a little more peace and a little less anxiety in your life? Well, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. I'm Jared Kirk, the pastor of Renewal Church. Thank you for joining us online today. Before we jump into finding God's peace in your life, first I wanna update you on what our church has been doing. Our church exists to see Jesus made famous, people made whole, and Boston made new. And that has never been more true than right now. Just this week, our church has given away hundreds of dollars in groceries, making sure kids have Chromebooks to keep learning. We've been doing gift baskets for people who have tested positive with COVID-19. In in short, our church is just trying to be as big of a blessing to this city as it can possibly be. Thank you to those of you who have given to make that possible. And if you wanna give, you can always download the. Church Boston app. Uh, that's the quickest and easiest way to give because we're going to keep meeting as many needs and being as big of a blessing for Jesus as we can possibly be. It's just who we are because that's who he is. So uh, next week though is Easter. I don't know if you can even believe that, but Easter's right around the corner. And I think this is one of the biggest opportunities we will have in a lifetime to help our friends and our, our, our relatives and our coworkers and our neighbors hear about Jesus. Because a lot of times when I invite my neighbors down Thwing Street to come to church on Easter, they all say the same thing. They say, well, yeah, thank you for the invite, but I have lunch with my family. Because if you aren't a church person, what do you do? Like you go have lunch with your family on Easter. And so they, they don't come to church. But this year, That's not happening. People aren't traveling. They're they're sitting at home. And so I think there's going to be a whole bunch of people this year that if you would just invite them and say, hey, would you come watch online with me? Here's the link. And then 30 minutes before the service, you text them and say, hey, I'm hopping on. Here's the link again, that they would hear about Jesus. And we're going to be talking about hope in dark times. And maybe you know some people in your life that could use a little bit of hope in dark times. I know that I do. I know that I, I could use that myself. And so I hope that you'll join us for that next week for Easter. We're also going to be doing a special uh, Good Friday gathering where we're going to be taking communion in our own homes. And if you subscribe to our email, fill out a connection card, you'll get all the details on that too. Okay, now today we're talking about peace in anxious times. Have you lost your peace? You know you've lost your peace because you can feel it in your body. You can't sleep at night. It means that your, your mind is racing it's when you lose your appetite or in, in my case, you gain your appetite. You just start eating to deal with the anxiety in your life. You know, when you lose your peace, you can feel it in your body. Your shoulders tighten and, and your body's just telling you something's not right here. Maybe you even have shortness of breath. Uh, I have a cousin who, who has panic attacks because the anxiety just spikes in their life. And, and right now it's just, you know, it's just gone to 11 right now. And maybe that's Maybe that's you you've lost your peace. Well you lose your peace in 3 circumstances. You lose your you lose your peace when circumstances are uncontrollable. You lose your peace when people are unchangeable and you lose your peace when problems are unexplainable. And you know that I think that describes everybody's life right now. Our circumstances are out of control and some of you have had to go into harm's way with your job. Some of you have lost your jobs. And we just know that there's so much that's out of our control. The government officials say, hey, you got to do this. And we do. We, We have to do it, but it's out of our control. And so we lose our peace. And also when people are unchangeable, man, if you've been stuck inside with some people that you love, or maybe just some roommates, you realize that all those things that used to drive you crazy, they still drive you crazy. Because You know, people, you know, if you try to change somebody, that is the fastest way to lose your peace. And then lastly, when problems are unexplainable, man, you know, I wish that we had just perfect answers for exactly what God's doing in the middle of this, but we don't. And so when those things are true of life, you know, it makes our peace disappear fast. So for all of us, to some degree or another, we've lost our peace right now. And God knows what it's like for you when you lose your peace. Listen to this verse from the Bible from the book of Job and see if you just identify with this feeling of losing your peace. Job was a man who had uh, suffered a lot of loss in his life. He was going through a lot of grief and he was deeply uh, sick. He had an illness himself. And here's what he said. He said, for sighing has become my daily food. My groans pour out like water... What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Have you ever felt like that? Man, I know just over the last two or three weeks, I have seriously felt like that at times. Sighing, groaning, fear, dread, and turmoil. It's a lot, but it's what a lot of us are going through. But here's one of the great things about God. God doesn't want you to live in turmoil. God wants you to have his peace. And when you have God's peace, it doesn't mean you're never anxious, but it means you have God with you in the middle of it. And so today we're talking about gaining God's peace in your life. Jesus himself made a promise about peace in John 14, 27. This was kind of Jesus' final talk before he he left and he had to go through the the cross and the resurrection. And and so this is the last thing he was saying to his followers before he left. And and here's what he said. He said, peace, I leave with you. Jesus said, I'm going away, but the peace that I want to give you will never Leave. He said, my peace I give you. It's a gift from him. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus has peace to give you that nothing in this world can give you. God wants you to have more peace in your life. And so today we're talking about how do I experience God's peace in my life? Because here's the thing. The promises of God and the peace of God are available but not automatic. Let me say that again. The peace of God is available but not automatic God offers peace to you, but there's some things that you have to do. And one of the things I've learned in my life is that it's so important to be clear on what God does and also clear on what I do. And God has done all of the heavy lifting. God has done a hundred percent of the work when it comes to giving us peace, but we have to receive that and we have to experience it. So how do I experience the peace that Jesus offers me? And we have six ideas around that today. Maybe grab a piece of paper nearby and take some notes. Last week, Annie took notes on her Sudoku puzzle. Annie, thanks for posting that online. That was awesome, but grab something nearby and take some notes. To experience God's peace in my life, number one, I need peace with God. I need peace with God. Now, Philippians, is a book where it talks all about joy in the middle of suffering and it talks about peace in the middle of anxiety. And today, these six points are coming out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. So we're learning six truths and we're gonna just walk through Philippians piece by piece. And here's the first part of it Philippians 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, the big idea here is about rejoicing in the middle of trouble. But there's a little phrase in there that gives us the secret, the key to having joy, even when everything is falling apart around you. It says, rejoice in the Lord. So if you want the peace of God, you need peace with God. If you want God to bring his peace into your life, you got to have a relationship with God. That's just how things work. And God wants to have a relationship with you. Now, I, I experienced this in a very real way earlier this year. Uh, a friend of mine, someone that I was so close with, our relationship started to started to fall apart. You, you ever just have those relationships and, and I said some things that, that hurt this person and they said some things that hurt me and where we used to be really close, our relationship just just fell apart. And there was no peace between us. But somewhere along the way, a common friend of ours, a pastor of another church, said, hey, like, listen, you you two shouldn't live like this. Why don't we all sit down together and I'll be there with you and I'll mediate the discussion so that you two can reconcile and you can have peace. And I didn't know how I felt about it because I knew it would be a hard conversation, but I went there And I sat down and and this pastor mediated the conversation. And when we left, you know, we weren't perfect best friends again, but we had reconciled. And there was the beginnings of peace in our relationship. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is like a mediator between you and God. It uses the word mediator. That Jesus is inviting you to sit down at the table with God so that you can say, listen, I know... I know that our relationship isn't right. And I know that we need peace here. And Jesus brings you back together with the Father. But he does more than just help you sit down at the table. Jesus himself went to the cross so that not only could you pursue God, but your sins could be wiped away. And so your past didn't even have to come up in that conversation so that you could know God and have peace with God. Listen to how Romans chapter five, verse one talks about this truth. It says, therefore, Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And so maybe the reason that you don't have access to the the peace of God in your life is because you don't have peace with God. You don't have a relationship with God. But that's that's something you could fix today. And, you know, one of the gifts of, you know, this, it's, it's like a silver lining of the trials and difficulties we go through is that we realize some of our need and dependence on God that we just didn't see when life was going so well. And so maybe you realize, man, I need God in my life. I need a relationship with God so that I can have God's peace because the anxiety is, is just shredding me, my body and my soul right now. And if you want a relationship with God, it comes through faith in Jesus. So at the end of the message today, I'm going to pray a short prayer to help you start a relationship with God. And it's going to go something like this. God, I need you and I need your peace in my life. Would you please forgive my past? Would you please give me a future in heaven? And would you come into my my life today to give me peace? I want Jesus to be the forgiver of my life and the leader of my life, and I'm gonna live for you in Jesus' name. And if you pray that prayer, whether that was just now or at the end of the message today, you can come to God and have a relationship with him through Jesus and have the peace of God in your life. And that's so important because if you miss this first point, the other stuff almost doesn't matter. If you don't have a relationship with God, how can you have the peace of God in your life? And so you gotta start that relationship somehow, today, with God. Now, once that's true, there's other things that we can do to experience God's peace in our life, and so we move on. Here's the the second thing I can do to experience God's peace. Now, this one's a little more surprising, but it was here in the text in Philippians chapter 4, and so I'm going to share it with you. To experience God's peace in my life too, I act peacefully toward people. Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. So when you're in the middle of anxiety, have you ever noticed that you get angry? When you're in a hurry, have you ever noticed that you're harsh? It is so important that you treat people in a gentle, peaceful way if you want peace in your life. Proverbs talks about it like this. A gentle gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And, and, And it makes sense, doesn't it? If you're harsh with people, if you are cutting and sarcastic with people, you're not gonna have peace in your home. You're not gonna have peace in your your office or with your roommates. And so you have to treat people in a peaceful way if you wanna experience peace in your life. All right, number three, to experience God's peace in my life, I have to get a a bigger perspective. I gotta get a bigger perspective. Philippians 4, 5 says, the Lord is near. And so Philippians is talking to these people who need peace in their life and then it just throws this little phrase in there, the Lord is near. What does that mean? Well, it means that when, the, when you're in the middle of trials, you're in the middle of suffering, you're in the middle of pain or isolation or anxiety, there's some things you got to remember. And one of those things is that eternity's coming. Eternity is coming. And it's true that the Lord is near. It's true that eternity is close to every single one of us. You know, the entire span of our universe between when it was created and when it ends is just a blink of an eye in the lifetime of eternity. And so when you step out of what you're in the middle of and look at it from an eternal perspective, it starts to shrink. We talk about this all the time, that God invites you to take your problems and compare the size of your problems to the size of your God. And when you do that, your problems start to shrink and your God starts to grow, and you find peace in your life. You know, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my friends that are, you know, like our kids play together, or they, or they live in the neighborhood and things like that, um, there's a lot of anxiety there. So much anxiety, and I, I think one of the reasons is that if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have peace with God, then this thing that you're in, this world that you're in, that is all there is. And so if all you do is you wake up and you you look at the websites and you watch the news, there's no bigger perspective on that. It's just this is all there is, and it is overwhelming to you. But the Bible says God has set eternity in the hearts of man. Every one of us has a knowledge that there is something more, and when we gain that bigger perspective, then we find peace. All right, Number four, to experience God's peace in my life, I pour out my anxieties in prayer. Now, this is the heart of this passage in Philippians, and it's our memory verse for today. If you check off the memory verse in your connection card, I hope you'll fill that out online. Uh, We'll send you something to help you memorize these verses, but here's what it says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's one of those verses that I learned back when I first became a Christian in my senior year of high school, and I still remember it to this day. And if you have never memorized a verse before, that is a good one to start with. And if you struggle with anxiety in your life just regularly, man, you've got to memorize this verse because it brings so much hope and peace into your life. But think about what it's saying here for a second. It says, hey, don't worry about anything in every single situation, not just when you're in church, not just when you're reading your Bible or praying, not just when times are good, in the middle of chaos and isolation and anxiety, pray. And when you pray, there's two different aspects to it. One of them is thanksgiving. And so you thank God for what you have. And man, thankfulness guards your soul from discontent. When you thank God when you pray, it, it keeps your prayers and your heart from even becoming greedy towards God and just saying like, I want more, I want more, I want more. You go back to, I'm thankful for this. I know what you've done. I know how you've blessed me. I know there's blessings that this difficulty cannot take away from me. I have my sins forgiven. I have heaven as my future. I have your presence with me today through the Holy Spirit, and I'm so thankful for that no matter what's going on in my life. But right there, alongside of thankfulness, we are told to ask for what we want. And church, can I just tell you, to my, to my Christian friends who are watching, this is our time to pray. God loves when His people pray. And I think prayers can reshape history. I truly believe that. And when you pray, we just encourage you, uh, don't pray for less hoping that God will answer because you're not asking for as much. God is not, you know, when you were a kid and you wanted cookies from your mom, you wanted an Oreo from your mom. So you say, mom, could I just have one cookie? And you say, you think, okay, I'm asking for less. So maybe she'll give it to me. God God is not like that. God loves faith. So if you want something from God, just ask him for it. You know, be with the doctors is good. But if you want God to step in and heal somebody, then ask God for that. Now, I'm not telling you he's always going to say yes. There's all kinds of answers to prayer. Sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's wait. But God loves when you ask him for what you want. And we've mentioned this verse in the past several weeks. In the book of James, it says, sometimes you don't have because you just haven't asked God for it yet. God wants his kids to come to him and ask him. So keep those two tensions in your prayers. I thank God for the blessings he gives me no matter what. And I also cry out and wrestle with God, asking him for the things that are on my heart. Our church has an online prayer meeting every night at 7 p.m. You can go to renewalchurchboston.com pray and just jump in. You don't have to pray out loud if you want to, but you are certainly welcome to do that. And I would welcome you to join us with that as well. And when you pray, the Bible says there is a supernatural peace that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, and this is one of those places where the Bible just says, "Listen, this is supernatural. This is not just psychology. This is spiritual." There are times where there have been there is peace in your. I, I've experienced it personally, where I had a friend that was. This was, I was much younger and I had a friend who was having a stroke. He was young too. And, and that he got in an ambulance and it took him away. And we should have been, I should have been overwhelmed with worry and anxiety. But just in that moment, there was a supernatural peace that came into my life saying, God's got this. And maybe you need that supernatural peace. Well, it comes when, with, when you pray with both thanksgiving and supplication. You thank him for what he's done and you ask him for what you want. So pray. And experience god's peace all right number five <sighs> to experience god's peace in my life i focus my thoughts on positive things now this isn't just the power of positive thinking it's something a little different than that but listen to what philippians says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. Now, that to me is incredible because, you know, as people, this was written obviously by a Christian to a Christian. So for those of you who are watching and you're Christians, You hear this and your mind immediately goes to, man, I know all kinds of things that are beautiful and praiseworthy and good because when I think about God and how loving he is and how much he He cares about his kids and all the good things he's done for us and all the grace he shows us, and I think about Jesus and how deeply he loves and how compassionate he was and how perfect he was. When I think about all those things, um, I'm thinking about what is noble and pure and good. But it doesn't name those things particularly. Right? There's there's this aspect of it where, you know, there's just this principle that's true, that what I fill my mind with affects the peace level in my soul. And so think about this. If you fill your life and your mind with panic, there is no way you will have peace. But if you fill your mind with pure things, you'll have the peace of God. Just like they used to say about old computers, if you put garbage in, you get garbage out. If the input is garbage, the output is garbage. Our minds work the exact same way. Isaiah talks about this truth when he says this, Those of steadfast mind, you keep in peace because they trust in you. When your mind is focused on God, eternal things, perfect things, good things... You will have peace in your life. So just as your pastor, let me encourage you, when you wake up in the morning, do not turn on your phone, and certainly don't turn on cable news until you quiet your soul and open your Bible and read that something from God's word and pray. Because it will help protect your mind and give you peace. Okay, number six, our last one. So let's recap a little bit. To experience God's peace in my life, one. I have to have peace with God. Two, I act peacefully towards people. Three, I get a bigger perspective. Four, I pour out my anxieties in prayer. Five, I focus my thoughts on positive things. And six, I live with integrity. This is another one of those surprising things in there that I, I might not have said, but here it is in the scriptures. Philippians 4.9 ends with this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. This was written by the apostle Paul and he is inviting the Philippian Christians to follow his example of how he lived his life. So the sixth point is I live with integrity. In other words, my actions match my words. Now, integrity is a word that actually comes from shipbuilding, whether a, the hull of a ship has integrity or not. And so it may look like it keeps all the water out, but the question is, are there cracks underneath the surface? Are there little micro cracks that could compromise the integrity of the hull? And so when you get right up close and you inspect it, is it strong? Which gives me my favorite definition for integrity. If you're living a life of integrity, the closer you get, the better it looks. Sure, you may look like you're living a life, a good life and a life of integrity from far away, but when people get right up close, do they say the same thing? If people saw your tax returns, okay, so that maybe that was too personal because we're all doing our tax, right? If people saw your tax returns, would they say, you're a person of integrity? If people saw your checking account, would they say, you're a person of integrity? Would, if you're in a relationship with your wife or your children say you're a person of integrity when people get right up close to your life does it hold water that's integrity and when you live a life of integrity it brings peace you know why because the fastest way to live with worry and anxiety is living with the worry and anxiety that you're going to get caught right when you cut corners when you cheat When you tell a lie, it creates all of this internal worry and anxiety that people are going to know, and they're going to find out, and they're going to see the real me, and I'm going to be exposed. And it's just, it is a miserable kind of life to live that way. But when you live righteously, when you live with integrity, then you live with peace. The Proverbs talk about this as well. In 24, 16, it says, though the righteous falls seven times, they rise again, but the wicked Stumble when calamity strikes. You catch that? A time of calamity is a time when something like a a disaster or an army or a disease swoops down on your world. And in times like that, if you have integrity, you get right back up and you keep on going. But if you haven't lived with integrity, when you fall, you stay down. So when you live with integrity you gain peace from God. Now, as your pastor, my deepest hope for you is that you live with peace in your life. There's plenty of things that can steal your peace. It might be uncontrollable circumstances, unchangeable people, or it could be problems that are unexplainable. And maybe you've been staying up late at night and your mind has been racing and your body's been telling you your peace is gone. But I want to encourage you to run to the God of peace. He loves you so much. He wants to have a relationship with you. He is bigger than your problems. There is nothing in all of creation that gets the last word. No disaster, no chaos, no virus gets the last word. Our God gets the last word because he is powerful and he loves you and he cares. And when you run to him, you have peace. Now, if you would like to start that relationship with God today that I talked about earlier, I'm going to pray that simple prayer that I mentioned before, and you can come to know the God of peace. You can have peace with God so that you can have the peace of God in your life. And you can just follow me along with this simple prayer. Would you pray with me? God, I need you in my life. I am overwhelmed with worry and anxiety right now, and I need your peace. Would you forgive my sins from my past? Would you give me a future in heaven? And would you come into my life, give me your presence today so that I have peace? I believe that Jesus died on the cross so that my sins could be wiped away. I believe that he rose from the dead so that I can live in heaven, in eternity with you. And I need Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins and the leader of my life. I wanna live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer today to start a relationship with God, That's the most important decision you can make in your life. And I want to make sure you fill out the online connection card so that we can send you an email and maybe a packet in the mail just to help you get started with some resources. But whoever you are, even if that's not your step today, please fill out that connection card. We really want to stay in touch with you. Even as we're all disconnected, right? The less we have contact, the more connection becomes important. And we will see you this Friday for Good Friday and next Sunday for Easter as we talk about hope in a dark time. I hope that you will join us for that. I can't wait to see you there. Have a blessed week.
0: I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests, and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of His love, presence, and grace.